0: You're a sinner. So's I. I know what it's like. You know, my, my dad told me all about sin. He preached against it night and day. Long nights he put the strap to me as he had me kneeling on the cold floor. But I turned against him and his preaching. I went the other way. That was wrong. I should have listened to him. You know, he could quote a good book, my dad could. The man that committeth adultery and the adulteress shall surely be put to death!
1: Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we watch another Highlander episode and talk about it. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. I'm Kyle. This is Eamon. Let's jump right into this week's episode. This is episode 20, Avenging Angel. This first aired Saturday, May 1st, 1993. Uh, It was directed by paulo barsman he's a french director he does 13 episodes of highlander i also looked him up i guess he came to america at some point his parents were blacklisted yeah in the mccarthy
0: era yeah which sounds interesting <laughs> yeah very interesting
1: yeah and then the writer was fabrice zielkowski yep he's back he did yeah. uh for evil's sake fabrice fabrice isn't that somebody i think fabrice Fabrice is one of nick kroll's characters yeah. <laughs> on, on comedy <laughs> bank Man. Yeah, that's right okay <laughs> crash <laughs> services coordinator yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh the guest stars in this episode Martin Kemp uh he's the villain Alfred K um he was one of the stars of BBC's long running soap opera Eastenders yeah
0: Eastenders Barry off Eastenders right Eastenders <clears throat> and then you have uh Elaine who's played by Sandra Nelson Susan was in Wolf of Wall Street which is really? crazy yeah like that's a pretty pretty big movie huh. yeah that is a big movie yeah And ds 9 Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. Who does she play in DS9? I didn't write that down. I gotta start doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just knew that she was in it. Ah, uh, so the IMDb
1: episode description for this episode is an insane man, newly turned immortal, believes he has been reborn in order to do God's work by killing sinners. Great. <laughs> <laughs> it opens with
0: a, a sign uh, that says Jacques de Molay and then a bunch of French that I don't know
1: how to read. Uh, it says he lies here. Okay. This is his burial place.
0: And we'll find out who he is later in the episode. Yep. But it has a uh, Cahill here, and he's like crying and...
1: Yeah, it's... I don't know what he's doing at this place. He's really. giving himself
2: good insight to go meet a prostitute. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a cool yeah. setting.
1: This place is like a really neat set piece, I guess. I mean, it's not a, set, it's not a built set, but that's a location. Re- <sighs> this is a really cool location. They're called locations when they're real. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's got this neat like backlit cross in the background. It's got a lot of ambiance to it. Is this the actual place? Do you think?
2: I, I'm I'm gonna assume it is. Huh. Which place do you mean, Eamon? The uh, the tomb of Jacques de Molay. I'll bet money that it is. Why yeah. not? I mean, they get a lot of really good locations. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Hmm.
1: So he's like kneeling in front of the cross. He prays. He wants God to protect him, and he's trying to be good. He's... He wants to protect him from venereal
2: disease. Apparently, <laughs> <'cause he's, laughs> yeah. uh, so again, going for prostitution. Yeah.
1: So the next scene, we see this guy at a bar but this is like unlike any bar i've ever seen it looks like they took a hospital cafeteria and put up like a coors light sign and we're like it's a bar (laughs) it's it's got like a shitty laminate floor like weird like uh vertical blinds i don't know it's weird Yeah, it's super weird it's very unappealing yeah yeah it's not a it's not a family establishment (laughs) no so you have
0: uh cahill here talking to this woman about his military service
1: Yeah, he says he was part of the SAS Commandos, which is the Special Air Services, um, which are kind of like the British, like, special ops.
2: Yeah, they're like the elite of the elite in Britain.
1: Um, So he says something interesting here. He's telling her, like, a war story, and he's like, oh, I I was all over the place. He was like, I was in Iraq. He's like, I've never gotten a scratch. And I was curious, two things. Is Is he not immortal yet? Or was he immortal then and didn't realize it? That's a good question. And also, we'll talk about it in the next scene when he encounters Duncan a little more, because I want to get more into kind of how that interaction plays. But
2: But anyway, so she's describing... Where he's describing his military career, and she's like, "Okay, buddy, come on, let's get down to business." And uh, the pimp starts to get upset about this in the back. He's kind of giving him the mean mug, and then Cahill just like flips his lid and is like, "Are you calling me a liar, bitch?" And And he slaps her. Yeah, it's pretty awful to watch. And then goons start getting involved, I guess, to protect protect this woman, and he wrecks them all. Right. So apparently he was not telling tales. He was, in fact, some form of badass. Yeah. And then he goes to further teach this woman
1: a lesson or whatever his thing is. Yeah, he's like going to like hit her some more. Yeah, it's, and she stabs him in like the gut or the chest or whatever. Yep. And he stumbles out. Right. So he stumbles out of this bar and he ends up stumbling past Duncan's car and Duncan gets the buzz. And this is where I'm like, wait a minute, what's happening here? Oh right. We've never seen Duncan meet a non-immortal that will become a you know like a, pre, a preemie right <laughs> like, yeah uh before and get the buzz right um we do get the idea that maybe he can sense they deal with that in some later seasons that maybe Mm. he senses people that are like destined to become immortal but they've never they've never paired that with a buzz even in those later seasons where we know he yeah can get this like feeling uh so he gets the buzz so that led me further to be like well is it because he's gonna die that he gets like i don't know i don't know at what point it's activated or again like he mentioned earlier he never got hurt in Iraq, like never got a scratch. Yeah. At some point in his war service, did he die and not realize it? Yeah. Came back to life, and now he's immortal. And this whole time he's never realized it. And this is the first time he
2: knows he's been, like, mortally wounded. That's possible, but I think we're we are doing that work. Maybe. For the show. Yeah. Also, this is the first time. It's not just that he's seeing uh, a mortal who's destined to become an immortal. He's seeing them in their dying moments. Right so like I guess this guy like this guy is about to croak when Duncan sees him.
1: I guess I'm I guess then I'm just curious when does the immortality kick in?
2: Right. I think imminent death appears to be their metric so far. I think that's my what I'm most comfortable with by mm. this episode anyway. Yeah.
1: I'm going to go with my theory. I like the idea that he was immortal before and didn't know it. That's a good idea. I kind of like that idea. Yeah. So Duncan chases him down. Yeah. Uh, He leaves his car in the middle of the street and he's like, oh, sorry, everybody. Like (laughs) everyone's honking at him and he goes chasing after.
2: And he's kind of like, I don't know what to do. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm just going to leave my car. (laughs) Yeah. Duncan goes straight for stealing the guy's wallet. Yep. Yep. And discovers like his ID and his identity. Yeah. And finds his military ID as well. Right. So mm-hmm. this
1: guy wakes up and he thinks that this is like a holy miracle or something like that. He's been resurrected by God.
2: And Duncan is the Arch- Archangel Gabriel for some reason. Yeah. I think it's a little weird that they chose to
1: make him the Archangel Gabriel only because in the previous episode, I have the beholder. The character's name is Gabriel. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, another Gabriel? like.
2: We're still doing this? Yeah. Yeah. There's
0: like a weird trend with a lot of these episodes we've been watching where like a piece from the previous episode is in the next episode, but Mm. it's just like a different Where did it happen before? So like in these recent ones, you have one episode with one of Duncan's immortal lovers, and then you have the next episode. It's that again.
1: Right. Yeah, that's true.
0: Um there's another example that I can't recall at the moment, but it, it, it's Yeah, weird. that is interesting. Yeah. So he thinks Duncan's an angel, and Duncan's just kind of, like, trying to coach him through. Like, you don't know what's going on. You know, you're an immortal. So he's going to try to hold his hand through this, um, like he did with Joan Jett, I guess, a little bit.
1: Cahill escapes, and then Duncan and Tess are on the barge, and Duncan is doing some sleuthing to find out what's going on with Cahill. And so he busts out his stupid laptop, and Tess is right. like... Oh, so you're hacking on the computer again. It's yeah. like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- I, that killed me. It's like, what the fuck is this? Oh, uh, you're
2: hacking on the computer again.
1: And then Duncan's like, well, it's either that or fill out 20 forms and wait six months. And it's like, wait, what forms do you fill out to get personal information on other people? Like, I don't understand what form. Yeah. Like, what information is he looking for that you just, like,
2: request that from people? Yeah. Maybe military records? Is that public? depends I don't, like, I don't know there's certain like freedom of info well that's the united states it's like the is- freedom of information act i don't know what france's version of that would have been and in this would be britain, britain too i guess yeah he's not even in the right country. he's not even the right country this is yeah. so, like i don't know what game he's playing but he's he's
1: either. a master hacker yeah, yeah and he
2: master hacks the british government
1: <laughs> master hack uh so he hits a bunch of buttons he's like beep boop beep boop and it's like access denied he's like hmm it's like what the
2: fuck are you doing yeah
0: <laughs> well and meanwhile um Tessa is on the phone with an old friend of hers named Elaine, and they're going to meet, and they haven't spoken for years and years and years.
2: Teenage interior decorator (laughs) Elaine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Duncan ends up finding, like, this information because he's like, you know what? He's like, there was a code, like a a code on his card like military service card? It's yeah. like up, oh, it's like you remembered that? Like yeah. how does he remember any of this stuff? And he's like, let me put that in. Also it was like really dark when he was looking at yeah. that card. It was like pitch black. So who knows what he's entering this code yeah. into? Uh like what government agency he's broken into to like yeah. where you can type that in hack
2: them and now the interface allows him to type in this code. Right. Yep.
1: So it tells him that he was honorably just discharged for failing a psychological exam. And Tess says, so that means he's crazy. And he's like, it's like, maybe not. Like, that's not
2: what that means. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, what's, like, also chill? Yeah. Yeah, It's like, it's a big
1: leap, and it's also very insensitive.
2: (laughs) (laughs) To people who, you know, maybe this guy just has, like, PTSD. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So she brings up an interesting point, like, that the shock, like, the shock of becoming immortal must do a number to you. Uh, which i think is interesting to consider and then she's like well what does that do to someone who's already insane and actually i kind of wish they didn't make him insane to begin with like i wish that the immortality was like fed into these like other like he already has like a fairly extreme belief system it would seem yeah and that this immortality thing like confirms everything and he's like ah like i was always right then we're off to the races with the story i don't know i kind of i think that would be more compelling than him just being an insane person that is now immortal Right. Like, I wish that the immortality, like, affected him in
2: some way. Well, it does turn him into the avenging angel. That's right. That's true. The titular
0: avenging angel. Yeah. So then we cut to the bar, and the pimp in the first bar, Bettini, mm. enters, and he is talking to the lady of the night who stabbed Cahill. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, well, they, they didn't find Cahill's body yet. Bettini tells her to go out and, and get some get some hours in, basically. So... She goes out to the car that's waiting for her.
1: And the driver, turns out, is dead. And then Cahill hops in and
2: he chokes her (laughs) in broad daylight on a public street. And
1: takes her, I guess she has like a little black book with all her Johns in it. And he's like, ah, this is going to be helpful. So that's like his like kill list. Yeah. Also, I did just a, a little bit of research. It was, I was curious about what prostitution is like in France. Um, oh,
2: okay, yeah, just a little light digging. Yeah, just a little light digging. Hmm,
1: French prostitutes.
2: What do I get? Hmm.
1: I just want to get into the mind of the character. Uh, <laughs> oh no, I I guess it is. It's weird. It's it is legal, huh? But it's it's the same way in like America that like it's illegal for underage kids to buy cigarettes. Like it, it's not illegal for them to smoke, but it's illegal for them to buy it. Like, huh. and so. You're allowed to be a prostitute, but it's illegal to advertise in certain venues, and you can't be in, like, public places. Uh, it's illegal to be a pimp. Uh, you're supposed to pay tax. I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of very, like, nuanced rules about, like, it seems like it's not looked upon favorably, but they think it's, like, your right to do it. So that seemed to be the gist of it. Yeah. Wow. Let us know if you've been with some yeah.
2: French prostitutes. <laughs> yeah, <probably.
1: laughs> and if there was any, you know, formalities that you would fill out an I-9 tax return thing.
2: Yeah. If, you have any, if we have any French creeps in the audience,
0: <laughs> just... Or if you just want to write us about any paperwork you've done. <laughs> right. <laughs> just send us that email. Uh,
2: so now we cut to interior decorator Elaine's apartment. She's not an interior decorator, in fact, and she is seeing one of her clients out. She gives this client like a, a pink rose that she has. She puts it in his lapel. Then he's off. And it turns out Cahill is waiting
1: in the hallway.
2: Not before this man. He knows that she's got a friend coming. So he's like, oh, maybe we can all, like, yep, stab yeah. us <laughs> uh, way. Uh, It' It's just like, so ugh, uh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Cahill follows this guy downstairs. Yeah. And then he's like, how ah, was the whore? Like, and <laughs> yeah. he grabs this dude by the neck. And just like chokes him out yep. while like screaming scripture at him, he yep. screams some Leviticus. Yeah. at him.
0: Well, then I like how after he done after he's done killing him, it's almost like a call out. Like he goes Leviticus <laughs> like at the end, <laughs> and then he like drops the mic. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. That's like a good good move.
1: That's his rapper name. Yeah, yeah. Leviticus. 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 <laughs> Uh, so also while he's like screaming the the scripture at this guy, he reveals some stuff about his past. He right. says that like his father would beat him and also was, I guess, a staunch God supporter. He was in he, – he this, <laughs> this guy wasn't a God. I don't know. I, <laughs> a God
0: supporter. Yeah. So then um, Duncan and Tessa come in and Duncan like – I don't really get this. He like seems like he senses something. And then he goes to the stairs and
1: sees the dead yeah, body. Yeah, he, he looks off into the distance. He's like, yeah. "Hold on!" And he's just staring off. And then he's and then he just rushes over there. It's like, yeah. "What do you? What is this? Like, like he it's doesn't. Like, lo- it's like, where do I go? What's my line? Yeah. What do I do?" He doesn't oh. like
0: look at the body. Like, uh, it's weird.
1: Yeah, and it's not like and it's not like the body's hidden or anything. Like yeah. they were going to see that in, in a second, seconds. in two yeah. seconds. But he like <laughs> right. pauses the action. It's not like the foot was hang- like sticking out of a yeah. closet or something. Like it's really weird. It was weird.
0: So they find this body, and then they go up to Elaine's, and Duncan notices on the body the rose, and then he sees the roses in
1: our apartment. Right. And we find out, so Richie is not in this episode, I believe.
0: No, he's in Amsterdam. He's in Amsterdam. We know what Richie's doing in Amsterdam. Mm, a whole lot Beaten of- Eating prostitutes? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Ordering seafood by
2: accident in Amsterdam <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> what are these muscles i thought i was in a gym <laughs> <laughs> he's in his workout gear <laughs> sorry (laughs) that's amazing uh tessa is oblivious to the fact that her friend is a call girl yeah
0: and like duncan finds all this out by talking to the concierge
2: a bunch
1: right and he also finds out by talking to someone downstairs that someone matching the
2: description of cahill was seen down there where are the police in this episode Good question. Thank God they're not around. <laughs> yeah. Though just Duncan, slow it up. Yeah. yeah. Because Duncan, once again, steals evidence. He yep. steals the rose off yep. the body, which like, linked to them. It's like, once again, you're just hampering with the scene, Duncan. you well, got to stop.
0: I think he took the rose from her room and just said, I found this rose in yeah. her room that's like the one they found on what's his face
1: i think that's what happened yeah probably uh, maybe he doesn't take it from the body okay
0: that's better but, to go,
1: come on Duncan.
0: yeah that's what i thought happened <laughs> too. And i was like wait a minute but
1: he has stolen evidence in the past yeah um i also wanted to mention like why does duncan link these two things at all like i mean how perfect of a description could this have been for duncan to be like yeah. oh that's probably that cahill like what yeah. are you talking about well, like yeah. if they said
2: a british guy that would have gotten you a lot of the way there you are in france that's
1: true Duncan's British. I mean, like I'm mean, a Scott. A bit like I don't know. This seems like a thought- fa- Like why does Duncan think these two things are connected? Like he has yeah. no reason to think Cahill was a murderer. Like he's he's just like oh, there's some misguided immortal out there who's delusional about stuff. But he didn't know Cahill was a bad guy. He, he knew nothing about or it. With the connection of the prostitutes, exactly. Yeah, like right. it's it's like out of nowhere. And it's like this woman or whoever he talked to was probably like, uh, it's like a five foot eight dude. He had like kind of light brown hair. Maybe he was British. And he's like, oh, it's fucking kale. Like, yeah.
2: oh, the, it all comes together. It's like, what? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. It's a bigger leap than I thought. But of course, as soon as Duncan tells Tessa that her friend is a prostitute, she like exp- she is pissed. Oh yeah. she, It's like, this person, fuck her. It's not great. <laughs> so Tess wants
1: to talk to her friend, but I guess she's not answering her phone or whatever. Like, I think she yeah. said she was going to leave town but then tess is like calling her and and, like leaving messages she's like she's back she's just not answering and it's like how do you know know she's back yeah i don't get that um but she's like really fucking pissed uh should we play this clip or not yeah yeah okay so yeah tess is pissed as shit at her friend
2: what am i going to say to her
0: what do you want to say
1: to her
2: i know what you want to hear but it's okay that i understand but it isn't okay
1: She hasn't killed anyone.
2: Yes, she has. She killed a good friend of mine. A young, intelligent, lovely. She had so much and she became a whore. Yikes.
1: Rough. So, yeah. (laughs) Judgy. Really judgmental. Also, I guess we find out that. Duncan's views on prostitution are pretty light. He's like, she didn't kill we've anybody. Seen Duncan yeah.
2: banging prostitutes. Oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> So, <laughs> so he's totally we've cool. seen. <laughs> yeah. Duncan in a harem has appeared at least once, maybe more than once. <laughs> <laughs> he is obviously down for this. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tessa's coming down hard on Elaine. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, Elaine does get a visit from the the same pimp from earlier and this guy is such a dick yeah. this guy basically threatens to just like a, let this serial killer get her if she doesn't bang him right then and there yep it's really unseemly yeah tess finally meets up with elaine at her apartment
1: she's like oh i just got back She's like i was gonna call it's like yeah right but duncan leaves tess and elaine to talk Yeah, And Duncan goes outside where he sees Cahill like preaching on the streets and he's kind of watching from a distance. And also, uh, Macaroni's got like two of his goons waiting in a car and they're watching Cahill as well. Yeah. And
0: he has, this was confusing. He has two sets of goons watching like at two different points. Yeah. Like they're at a stairwell and two people are at the bottom and two people are at the top. It's really confusing. Yeah. Duncan's kind of telling Cahill about all the immortal stuff and Cahill's just not really listening.
2: Right. No, he, he thinks that Duncan now is like some kind of like tempter or something trying to lead him away from his true path. Uh, so
1: Duncan makes a really interesting comment. This guy, Cahill keeps referring to his father beating him. And Duncan is like, You're, the Lord had nothing to do with your stepfather beating you.
2: Yeah. And
1: the, the line they cut that's in the script is Cahill goes, how did you know he was my stepfather? Huh. And I thought that was a really, like, I, I wish they didn't cut that line. Like, that's yeah. another interesting thing. Like, Duncan has this weird insight that, like, oh, you're probably an orphan or whatever. Like, like yeah. all of us. Like so all far. of us. Uh, which I yeah. thought was a, a pretty cool little thing.
2: Um, and this guy is just a loon. He's just going like, oh, and his belt whistled in the wind. <laughs> <as he laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like kind of sad. So we
1: find out that Cahill actually killed
2: his stepfather. Right. for beating him
1: it's like, yep. so K.O. thinks duncan is the devil now and takes off but then pepperoni's men show
2: up and karate fight and yeah karate yep. fight again enter karate fight <laughs> which this fight has the distinction of having i think the best ball kick the show has seen yeah it's like they just took footage from like
1: america's funniest film
2: videos <laughs> yeah. and we're like here we go <laughs> it's time to kick some boing <laughs> yeah well, Which, the, we should try to make a gif or something in oh, yeah, this ball yeah. kick. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> so Cahill escapes. Then
0: we're back at the barge with Duncan, Tessa, and Elaine. And Elaine's basically like, listen, I don't need your help. So I'm going to go to Stromboli and get my own help and duncan's like fine (laughs) fine beat it
1: don't get yourself
2: killed like i don't care it's like what is this attitude like a
1: temper tantrum
2: (laughs) and like duncan gets upset he's like oh i could have taken his head before like blah 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 it's like when how well no you couldn't so i guess he he's referring to like i could have killed him
1: like essentially when he had done nothing wrong like in that church he's like i should have killed him then it's like no because you were on holy ground and he had done nothing wrong Right. So one, one interesting thing in this, this, this little bit where Duncan's like, oh, I should have killed him before. Tess is like a voice of reason. And she's like, you know, like enlightened societies don't kill the insane like they treat them. And then Duncan's response is like, nah, like it's like, fuck it. There's like, only one way to treat it's this like, it's like, yeah. like, you, you He's insane. It's like, what? Like, again, I know that he's doing terrible things. Yeah, he's but, dangerous. But, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a weird thing. Again, with Duncan's barometer of shit. Like, yeah. With Ursa a couple episodes ago in The Beast Below, he was like, hands off, like I'm yeah. not fighting you. Like yep. Ursa, like we gotta talk this out, man. Yeah. And Even now he's You just murdered like, the manager. Yeah. yeah. Mr.
2: Manager is yeah, Mr. Manager
0: is dead. Right. <laughs> like, and
1: in this case, he's like, No, no, no. Like this this is This motherfucker. Ma- <laughs> I'm putting
2: him down. Is it just because Duncan's really sexist? This guy killed a woman? Uh, Maybe. Uh, Might be, yeah. I can totally see that. And he just doesn't give a shit about Mr. Manager. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And again, Duncan really knows nothing about this. Well, I guess he knows more now. But, like, this guy definitely has, like, a troubled past. Like... Yeah. I don't know. I feel like his character is actually a little sympathetic. I mean, like, he was an abused child. He seems to have a... He's, like, probably got PTSD. Like, he was in, war. like, the wars. It's like, I don't know. This... This guy's
2: fucked. Yeah. And yeah. Duncan. Does, and Duncan's does, like. And I'm
1: going to kill him. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. So Duncan. Duncan throws down with Alfredo. Yeah. He he takes.
0: <laughs> he takes <laughs> Elaine back. You know. Alfredo comes and uh, starts shit. And he gives Duncan five seconds to leave. Five seconds. To buy <laughs> Do we play this one?
1: Yes. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. So. Spaghetti got- Monster is. Wants Elaine to come with him. And thinks Mac is like a rival pimp. Trying to muscle it in. You think you can just walk in here and try to take over? Are you trying to put the move on me? Stop. Shut up! <laughs> Are you trying to put the move on me, Dominique Bettini? It's Dominique. not like that. Well, I think it is. You have five seconds to get out of here.
1: Okay. One. Two. He is throwing three, three leeches into the air. Four. Four. <laughs> Drop it! Drop it.
0: Lane's retired. Now, when you've got time to think about it, you'll realize that's for the best.
1: Oh, my God. I wanted to honk his nose. <laughs> he's got the guy on the ground. So he's he does this countdown. He's throwing, like, lychee nuts, like the little, like, Asian fruits, yeah. into the air. Then he throws one at the guy's face and, like, disarms him, and, like, that's, like, the sneak attack. Yep. Like, whoop, like, it's got ya. Lychee attack. Also, so- like, Duncan's entire persona in this scene is completely out of character. Like, it's... Or at least... He's in acting, the, like, real cool and, like, saying... It was, weird, like, like, yeah, it's, yeah. like, somebody watched, like, a Bruce Willis movie yeah. the night before they wrote the episode <laughs> and were, like, oh, like, a wise, cracking, smart-ass, like, yeah. hero. It's, like, that'll be Duncan. Like, it's, like, what? Like, yeah, they... Because he's They're, so serious in the rest of the episode. And then in this one, he's, just like, cracking jokes and being, like, I got this, like...
2: Yeah, like, I feel like they... It was good that they decided to lighten Duncan up a little bit, but their barometer, once they made that decision, just, like, was inconsistent. Yeah. Because, like, he was clearly too stoic earlier in the season. But now it's just like, hey, which Duncan are we getting? Are you getting, yeah. like, practically clown Duncan? Or, yeah. like, scream what you don't do, Duncan?
1: <laughs> Especially in the context of this scene. Like,
2: this guy is,
1: like, Master Pimp. And he's, like... Yeah. You fucking whore! Like you get on the streets and whore for me and Duncan's. <laughs> like, then then Duncan's just cracking jokes. It's yeah. like what
0: is the tone of the scene? I want to go over some things that Bettini says about. The oh God, this because is because <laughs> they're awful. He's like, when I found her, she was waiting tables, and he says this, and he says that, and he says the waiters couldn't keep
2: their hands off her ass. <laughs> okay. The the full line is, she smelled like grease. (laughs) And the waiters couldn't keep their hands off her ass.
1: Also, in a previous conversation Elaine has with Tess, like, she really hated being a waitress. Like, she was like, well, I came to Paris thinking I could be, like, a hotshot designer. And she's like, but that didn't work. And, like, what else could I do than sell my body? And it's like, huh? Like, and it it really just came down to, like, I was a waitress, but I didn't like it. So, I guess, like open the poos up
2: oh my god Bettini's
0: <laughs> oh <God. laughs> uh. a slime ball he is a shitty shitty fettuccine
2: <sighs> uh,
1: so after duncan disarms uh fettuccine he he and uh, elaine leave um, and they kind of miss Cahill, who's, I guess, coming up in the yeah, elevator. he comes
0: up in the elevator, and they're taking the stairs. It's like a wacky Scooby-Doo sequence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when Macaroni comes out, Cahill confronts him and yeah. murders him. Duncan comes up, but he's too late to save him. Why doesn't
0: uh, Bettini shoot Cahill? He has a gun. Did,
2: did Duncan <laughs> take question. the bullets he out? He took the bullets out. Okay. Duncan takes the bullets and puts them in his pocket on his way uh, out. I didn't
0: catch that. There you go.
2: That sucks. for.
1: And so then another just really harsh line happens because Elaine is like, after Duncan saves, he's like, oh, like, you know, I really wish I could, I, the thing like I missed out on is like, I wish I could have like a guy like you. And he's like, well, you still could. It's okay to, like, change who you are or whatever. And then she's like, no one wants to settle up with a used-up whore. Yeah, Jesus. Oh,
0: fuck! This episode is problematic. I want to say one more thing about (laughs) Bettini being murdered. So, like, he screams, and Duncan and Elaine still have to get out of this apartment building. So, like, they're going down the steps, and then, like, somebody has heard this scream. It's like a grandfather with his, like, toddler, like, grandson (laughs) So he hears hears this blood-curdling scream. Mac and Elaine act like they didn't hear it or they're talking about something else. He takes his grandchild and, like, (laughs) heads up to, like, where there's this obvious, like, incident. I'm like, why are you bringing your child, like, towards this, like... Horrible incident.
1: And Duncan doesn't act inconspicuous at all because yeah. this guy starts walking towards him and he just grabs Elena and He's like, uh oh, like Kennedy. Like, what for dinner, honey? And yeah, yeah, he scoots her away. It's like, what's happening here? Run from Rigatoni. Yeah. <laughs> so that,
0: was, that was weird. And also, that, that line she says is awful.
1: Yeah. So at this <laughs> point, KL is back at the church and he's like decided. He's like, McLeod must die. Like, um, also, how, how does he know his name? Is that it?
2: I think there's a lot of dialogue that happens off screen. Oh, in okay. that confrontation they have when he's like preaching on the street okay because like he says like i'm tired of hearing about the gathering and all this shit it's like we don't really get to see that but like i don't know what's going on here because this is like the fourth or fifth time maybe in one of these episodes that there's been some woman who up until recently has like been relatively hostile to mcleod it's just like but my biggest regret is i'll never have a man like you yeah everyone has to love mcleod by the end of an episode and it's really and he likes puzzling. Yeah, he spat at her like five minutes ago about, like,
0: oh, if you don't want my help, then fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's like he hasn't even been that nice
1: to her. Yeah. Like, I don't know. At the barge, Cahill shows up. Again, I don't know how he found it, but he did. And he confronts. Tess just lets him in. Or does, does he push his way in? Sorry. No,
0: he, she just opens the door for him. Yeah. Like, but
1: I guess she doesn't know who he is or anything. Yeah. So, so Tess lets Cahill in. And he's going to kill her. And so he's choking her, quoting scripture. But then I guess Tess plays like a smart card. And she's like, oh, thank God you're here. Like, yeah. I've been praying for you. And it's like, I've been his prisoner. And like, she plays into his delusion. Right. Uh, which is which is kind of cool. Yeah. And so at this point, we find out that Cahill says he is like Jacques de Molay. Like, right. he's reincar- like he thinks he's been reincarnated or something. Uh, so he's on this, like, mission from God. So Jacques de Molay... He was in the, what was it, the... Um, Templar. The Tem- Knights of Templar. Yep. And they were like a faction in the Crusades. Uh, so they were, and they were like, they were like a military faction. Right. Of like priests and, I don't know, not, not good stuff.
2: Yeah, well, well, and eventually they had so much money. They, they got very wealthy and a bunch of people owed them money. Essentially they conspired to murder them all so they wouldn't have to pay their debts back. So, you know, Templars are done. Yikes. So Cahill ends up leaving... And he's like, I'll find McLeod on right. my own.
1: Tess gets spared, which is good.
2: Yay. And, <laughs> but she's also able to relay this information to Duncan, right. Right, which kind of enables Duncan to figure out where Cahill might be. Yeah, and he he figures out he's a Templar.
0: And when he's talking about the Templars, he, like, says all that stuff. You said, Kyle. But then he's like, hidden treasures, secret passages. <laughs> like <laughs> Secret passages? That's, like, that's the thing.
2: <laughs> well, there were part of what the justification for killing them was they had like initiation rites, and there were all these kind of rumors about like what unseemly things they might be doing in there mm, kind of cloistered in their hidden passages. So hidden passages. Yeah. And, so their <laughs> headquarters
1: was in Paris. So that's like the clue. Right. And he's like, aha, like I'll go
0: there. So meanwhile, Cahill is waiting in a Templar outfit. Now yeah. he's got like
1: full chain mail well, on.
2: Yeah. This was all just a giant struggle because they were like, oh, we need a way to give him a sword, because right. why else would he have one? Right. Yeah, that's an excellent point. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, oh, this guy decides he wants to play dress up. Yeah, as like a he's a cosplayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow he finds a functioning sword and a mace? Yeah, yeah. and an axe. And an axe. Yeah. He
1: starts the fight with an axe and yeah. then goes on to sword and mace. Yeah. Uh, so Duncan confronts him one last time. I guess I do appreciate that Duncan does, I think, Try to explain the immortality thing right. one more time to this guy. So yep. maybe that's kind of Duncan's redeeming factor because I gave him some shit for being like, "I'll
2: just I'm gonna
1: axe the guy." Yeah, and it's like, well, he does try again to explain like what the stakes are,
2: and this time he has threatened Tessa and knows. True.
1: Yep. they have a big fight. It is kind of a it's a I guess it's a fun fight. Like it's cool yeah. that there's like multiple weapons. It's lit really well. Yeah. Uh, again, this location is cool because there's like columns. Mm-hmm. There's this big cross in the background. Uh, so. Duncan ends up, I guess, stabbing Cahill and knocks him down this like well or something. Yeah. So then like like a weird sick game of like whack-a-mole, like Cahill's H- <laughs> head comes Struggling up. Struggling
0: to like get out of this well. Yeah.
1: His his head comes up and yeah. then whoosh. And he chops his head off. One, uh, I don't know if that sword is going through chainmail like at all. Like, I don't know how that works. I, I tend to think so. That's a lot of chainmail to go through. To cut someone's head off?
2: I guess. I mean, it's not like people wore chainmail all over their bodies and still got dismembered and shit. I mean...
1: Did they get dismembered or could they get, like, stabbed through it if, like, you broke a link or two, like, to get the
2: sword? I I mean, I think it was a thing that you could cut if you, like, swung as hard as you could. All right. Sword experts. Write us. Yep. Well, the other other thing is this could have just been a costume that was... That's true. This
1: should be... This is some real clunky bullshit. Yeah. Fantasy cosplay crap. Yeah. Sorry.
0: (laughs) So... I have some comments on this quickening that Duncan receives before we get into a larger issue here. Cahill, as far as we know, unless Keith's theory is true, Cahill has been an immortal for what, a few days? A few days. So this quickening shows us that the length of time you've been an immortal doesn't affect like the quickening you get because this is a right. big quickening. Yeah. That's an interesting point. And I'm like, but he's only been immortal for like 3 days. Like what power or information does he really have to impart on MacLeod? And well, also guess... McLeod's like holding
1: his sword up in a weird way <laughs>
0: during this quickening.
1: <laughs> like I kind of like the in the quickening like he falls to his knees, like I don't know, it it, it seems to kind of take on the character of him a little bit.
2: Like oh. it's got this like prayer element I think to it. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. So the biggest <laughs> question mark on this entire thing I mean, notwithstanding, where did he get the costume, where did he get the sword, where did he get the mace? How does he know how to sword fight with any of these things in a way that's a credible threat to McCloud? Because why would he have ever fought with a sword before? Putting all of that aside. <laughs> Putting it all aside. Aren't they fucking on holy ground? What is going on here? Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: according to what Keith said, this is his final resting place. And he's, right. So, he's so a-
1: okay. So at the... At the very, it, it could be a church. This was supposed to be the Knights of Templar headquarters. So let's say this is just a business office. Maybe yeah, it's this not is a just church. Just a regular castle that they happen to put a giant ch- cross in. Like there's religious iconography all over this place. But let's say it's not really a church. But then at the very least, it's a burial ground. Like right. It's, so, right there. That's and it. The, I mean, a Templar. It's like a holy knight. Yep. It's, so this is holy ground. What is happening?
0: Yeah. I, is I it because no. Cahill doesn't
2: know the rules. But Duncan does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, how did the writers let this happen? Like, I don't know. My guess is we're just supposed to – I think we're supposed to buy in that this isn't holy ground, but that just doesn't seem like a giant cross in the museum? background. Is it like a museum? I well, don't, I this don't know. is an. A, but does that mean that like any church that admits like visitors, <laughs> like, oh no, it's not holy ground anymore. Yeah. <laughs> this is converted well, into a place of learning. Yeah. I feel
1: like I, I think on a, a, a much earlier episode I brought this kind of conundrum up. Like what does justify holy ground? Like yeah. there are like if you went to Greece, it's like and went to some ancient ruins, it's like, well, it's not really holy. Like no one no one believes that anymore. So does that ground cease to be holy? Or if this church it's like let's say it used to be a functioning church or something and yeah. now it isn't and now it's just a museum that holds relics and like does does it lose its like qualifications as holy ground i don't i i don't understand that uh like i think that becomes like an odd issue
2: yeah i think there's a lot of gray area around the line but there is no question in my mind that this is over it oh i yeah. like almost any definition of what would constitute holy ground we're in it I yeah. guess they
1: just were like, we have to have the fight in this cool we, location. To be clear, like, it's a great could, it could, location. It is. It's but, super cool. But it'd be nice if they just they could have moved the fight outside. Like maybe it starts in here. They yell. Maybe they start to get into it a little bit because we we've seen them before. Like at least, clash swords on holy ground. Yeah, like we've seen that in uh, what the road not taken. Mm-hmm. I think Dunk, Duncan. They 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 and have like spar. they have yeah. a friendly sparring match yeah. on holy ground. So like there's been some violence committed on Holy ground and it seems like maybe that's allowed. I don't know, but like, so maybe they could have started the fight, but like for Duncan to like willingly take this guy's head on Holy ground, I think is, that's where it's like, eh. what is, yeah, it's yeah, troubling. So definitely write us about this one. Like, I think yeah. this is a really interesting topic. Is this, yeah. What is this? I don't yeah. Know. It doesn't make sense.
0: And I didn't even think of, that didn't even occur to me. I know
1: I, 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 I they tricked me. I, I kind of lost track of that too. I was like, Oh yeah, it is Holy ground.
2: Yeah. Well, I just think that this, like most of this episode, is just some hot nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, At one point, uh, Elaine says to Duncan, like, oh, like, how'd you get so smart? And he's like, like a rat going through a maze, I bumped into a lot of walls. And it's like, yeah, the dialogue in this episode, <laughs> yep. like a rat running through a maze, <laughs> is bumping into a lot of walls. Yep. Like, this episode was just clunky and... It just didn't deliver. Yeah. Nope.
1: Like, even that that sentiment, like, oh, like, I've made a lot of mistakes before. Like, Duncan has never expressed that attitude. Like, Duncan is always, like, at least dealing with Richie, like, he never relates to Richie in that way. Like, you know, Richie, like, when I was a kid, I made yeah. mistakes, too. And, like, I used to fuck up, like, and it's like, now I learned, from, like, he's always like, what you don't do. It's like, yeah. you, you idiot. Like, <laughs> I told you not to there. It's like, what? Like, I told you not to light that guy on fire. <laughs> Richie, when I was a kid, I lit a lot of people on fire. And <laughs> yeah. I learned, just don't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that's why I don't light people on fire. Uh, yeah. So the, the end of this episode, after this quickening, is uh, Elaine has, like... Taken off. Taken off. She's yeah. not hasn't said goodbye, which is interesting. You know, she's, I guess, hopefully starting anew. She's just cutting all ties, I guess. Yeah. Um... And Duncan's like, well, now she gets to be what she wants to be, which is an interesting theme again. Like this, that theme has popped up in the past couple episodes a few times, which is right. an interesting, like Highlander theme.
0: It kind of contradicts the thing he was saying to Grace about, oh, well, you know what? You are what you are and you can't right. change it. And now he's like, you can pick what you want to be. You should yeah. change it. <laughs> change Someone. it on a dime. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: and that's like the end of the episode. They run
0: through some pigeons.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They run away. Yeah.
0: It's like, oh. <laughs> they literally run away to end this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a... Everyone should follow suit. Run away from
1: this episode. <laughs> so, yeah, this yeah, episode what, so what bad. do you guys think of this episode? You guys don't like this episode. I don't like it. This God episode like is it. bad. See, it is It is bad. I. This is weird. This, we haven't disagreed like this in a while. I like this episode <laughs> a lot. It? Yeah, I really... I like the villain. I think he's like really unhinged and... Like I, I think he's off-putting and weird. It's true. Uh, <laughs> real cre- I mean, like he's a real creeper. Like yeah. he makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, I think the actor does a pretty good job. I, I actually really like this religious plot. I think this is an interesting way to tackle it. Uh, although I do wish he just was not insane before the the ini- like before he became immortal. I wish he was kind of driven ba- mad by not knowing how to cope mm-hmm. with this thing or his own other. Th- like beliefs yeah. have like clashed with this, and he can't make sense of it. I, I will admit there it, it is a weird. There's
2: some weird things to this episode, but the other thing there's, I do there's a lot of weird violence against women. <sighs> judging yes. you no, know, there judging, is judging judging of people. There's oh, a lot yeah. of using computers as illogical plot <laughs> devices. There's a lot of <laughs> Batman logic and stitching together of <laughs> things that have no connection to anything. There's a lot of random luck that sorts things out in the end. I'm sorry. Are you describing every highlighter?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing I do I do like about this episode is well, a couple things. I do think this is is this the darkest episode we've seen? I don't know. I'm trying to think what episodes are uh, this at is, this point up like been this dark. This is
0: probably the darkest. Yeah. I mean, simply because it's, it's a man murdering women. Like yeah.
1: Yeah, there's not a lot a lot of, like, light moments in this episode at all. Like, no. it's, it's really serious the whole time. The lychee... M- the, the lychee attack.
2: The lychee yeah. attack. Yeah. And the That's, ball kick. They're the two yeah. lightest moments. Yeah.
1: Uh, and then I also... I do think this episode does a pretty good job of marrying some different storylines. Like, we, we, we've had instances in the past where, like, Richie will have a B-plot. Yeah. And it's like, what the what is this? Like, it has nothing to do with anything. And this is kind of nice, because Duncan has this kind of random run-in with an immortal, and that plot gets going, and then same time tess is meeting up with her friend and at some point these two things kind of come together and i don't know i i think it does a good job of kind of tackling a couple different plot points but yeah. within the same story arc anyway i actually i don't hate this episode so i
0: did not like it for some reason i don't know it
1: just it didn't sit with me i, I think my opinion's on the record <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> so uh,
1: a couple a couple behind the scenes thing or just one behind the scenes thing again dave uh, bill panzer on the dvd has just an odd, like, little thing he throws out there. Uh, It almost doesn't even have to do with this episode, but he talks about where immortals come from. He's like, oh, well, we don't know where immortals come from. And then he goes, maybe they come from The Source. And then he just moves on. And it's like, this is the second time in these DVDs that he (laughs) has mentioned The Source. Uh, And I think someone on Facebook mentioned to us that this was around the time they were actually actively pitching the movie Highlander... What would that one be? Highlander 5, The Source? Wow. we cannot wait to talk about
2: uh, unfortunately, we will have to wait about three years almost yeah. three years
1: <laughs> but uh yeah, so i don't know it's like this this thing is like in his head, and it's like i don't yeah. know it's it's, it's upsetting. Well, the source
0: is also a jet Kirby creation if anybody follows the new god's characters oh. um the source is like where all the new gods get their their power from or whatever so that's interesting hmm.
1: crossover yeah.
0: <laughs> Highlander and Orion team up to battle dark side <laughs> <laughs> and the Kurgan <laughs> that's right Batman v Highlander John of
2: dark side i don't
1: know what's more powerful the omega beam or <laughs> or
2: quickening i mean
1: it's <laughs> well, funny that we're using this nerd question. voice but
2: you know the omega beam I, uh, so yeah. you know
1: kind of <laughs> <laughs> maybe granny 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 goodness is that her name yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right, yeah yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jeez louise yeah let's tease ourselves some more <laughs>
1: uh, so anyway um i do want to read one watcher chronicle for uh his name's Alfred, first name, Alfred Cahill. Oh. I don't Why know we... does
0: he need a chronicle for? Who chronicled him?
1: How, how oh, did... Also, like, who even found him? Who how, knew about yeah. this
0: guy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> this makes no sense. I'm so, going to write an angry letter. Here we go. This is what his... The guy who was watching Mac? Knew oh, Oh, yeah, right. Go. That's very good. Yeah. So his... Here we go. Immortality is a relative thing. A new immortal has the chance to live for untold millennia, maybe in a, even as long as the mythical mythos. Or maybe all he gets is another week. It's a crapshoot. <laughs> uh, such, such was the immortality of Alfred Cahill. By all accounts, Cahill was a nutcase Yikes. long before his first death. The man who raised him was some kind of holy roller revivalist preacher who used to beat Cahill as a kid. Cahill whacked his old whacked his old man, <laughs> then joined the RAF, which trained him as an SAS commando where he became a nutcase trained to kill. Jesus. Uh, He saw action in Iraq and the Falklands, where he became, quote-unquote, a war hero. I don't know why that's in quotes. Yeah. Uh, Soon after, the RAF discharged their, quote-unquote, war hero uh, when he had failed a psychological screening. He drifted to Paris, got a job as a security guard at the Templar house. That's why he's there? I guess. What? Yep. And wound up stabbed by a hooker. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as you do <laughs> He awoke immortal, And convinced that God had chosen him As his personal crusader McCloud tried to talk to him To teach him the rules But Gahill didn't listen And instead went on a killing spree McCloud had no choice But to stop God's chosen nutcase <laughs> And end his brief taste of immortality Yes Jesus of using the phrase nutcase too <laughs> Also if we think that this was Like who knew about this guy Duncan's Watcher We'll find out soon who that is. Like, this was written by Joe
2: Dawson. Like, is that in line just, with this?
1: Just picture it in his writing. Voice. No.
2: It's <laughs> killed by his own nutcase. <laughs> this is Joe Dawson. <laughs> this is
1: crazy. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that, that about wraps up this episode. But def- definitely write us in. So, yeah, if you want to participate in Highlander Rewatched, uh, send us an email about your thoughts on this episode or what you think of our thoughts, any questions you have, things that we want to talk about on the podcast. Send your emails to
2: HighlanderRewatched at gmail.com. And force your friends to listen. Make yeah. like them listen to it too. Staple their earphones <laughs> to their ears. Bring them into Highlander. And rate us on iTunes.
1: Exactly. Yeah, go on iTunes, rate us there. Uh, we're on, I guess, all the podcasting platforms. Uh, so it shouldn't be hard for anyone to, to listen to us. Uh, make sure to like us on Facebook. We're always posting funny clips on there, uh, stuff we talk about on the episode that's relative. Also, another great topic you could write about is we're actually coming close to the end of the first season of Highlander. So we're about to tackle the first movie, uh, in between seasons one and two. What do you want to talk about? What, what do you want to get out of that episode? Tell us what you you know, yeah, send us your thoughts. On yeah. Send movie. us your thoughts. What you, what you want to hear us talk about. Like if you, if you have any really interesting information about the movie, uh, send it to us and we'll definitely talk about it on the podcast. Um, yeah, we're really excited to tackle the first movie. Um, so we only have actually two episodes left. Uh, so we're really excited, uh, to get to those. Um, I've been one of your re Keith. I'm Kyle. Amen. And join us next week for the episode, Nowhere to Run.
2: Thanks for listening. Bye. Not even holy ground. See ya. Leviticus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm one of your re I'm Keith. This is Amen. I'm Kyle. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at my teeth. I'm one of your
2: rewatchers. I'm Keith. I'm Kyle. This is Eamon. All right. Get your shit together.